Let's uh, get to the issue of the 15-minute city. It's often attributed to a fellow named Carlos Moreno, uh, who explained in a nutshell here the notion of a 15-minute city. I call it the 15-minute city. And in a nutshell, the idea is that cities should be designed or redesigned so that within the distance of a 15-minute walk or bike ride, people should be able to live the essence of what constitutes the urban experience. He's much celebrated for a TED Talk that he delivered. And like most TED Talks, they're kind of wrapped around stuff that we've already been talking about for a good long time. And, you know, there's nothing in what Carlos Moreno argues that Jane Jacobs didn't write about in the 1960s. But, you know, the, that's that's urban planning. And, and frankly, in the city of Toronto, the notion of the 15-minute city, I mean, our whole concept has been that we're a city of neighborhoods. And 50% of people who live in the old city of Toronto, 50% do not even own a car. So this is not a revolution. However, a lot of people are, are absolutely terrified of this notion because obviously they're going to take away all of our cars and uh, the, they'll shut down the elevators and you'll have to walk. As Edmonton, Alberta is the first pilot city to be in play. It is up on their website. Go check it out. All the districts. 15 minutes walking. How convenient. Your digital currency will be into play as well. They can turn it on and turn it off. It'll be an invisible line, so don't worry. It'll give you the illusion of freedom. Because if that's not the illusion of freedom, I don't know what is. That's just a TikTok video. But it's exemplary these days of the idea that anything somebody proposes that might be some sort of an improvement for the environment or for you know ways of life, whatever, is going to be legislated and imposed on you. Come back to this example, and, and it's so funny because most people don't come across this stuff because I spend an awful lot of time monitoring crazy white right-wing uh, activists, and their latest preoccupation is that we're all going to be force-fed crickets. Meat's going to be banned. You're going to have to eat crickets. The fact that there is a president's choice bag of cricket flour, which frankly, I have no intention of using either. All of a sudden, that is Justin Trudeau and the World Economic Forum and uh, George Soros and various others are going to compel you to eat crickets. And now apparently you're going to be compelled to live in a 15-minute city. Well, let's talk about the 15-minute city. U University of Toronto transportation system expert professor Stephen Farber joins us right now. Nice to have you. Good morning. Good morning. Great to be here. Okay, so let's flesh out the idea again. I know we heard from the good professor there, but I mean, the notion of a 15-minute city is kind of an attractive one. It's the idea that you could walk or bike for your groceries, for your booze, for your school, for your community center, for everything. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's really about um, trying to design your city so that no matter where you live and no matter who you are, you're able to carry out all, you know, all or at least most of your regular daily activities within uh, a, a safe, comfortable, enjoyable uh, community, you know, within walking distance of, of where you live. And it's not really a new concept. It's a rebranding of what cities historically always were and what they've become less and less of over the last 
50, 70 years as, you know, so many automobile oriented um, uh, uh, parts of the city have been created. But it's really about let's retrofit those um, communities so that even if you live in one of those automobile oriented areas, there's going to be options for people to get out and conduct their daily activities without needing to drive long distances in their cars. And the notion in some quarters is that this is going to be forced upon people. I have to think, like, if you look at a community like Mississauga, which is wide streets and houses on cul-de-sacs that are nowhere near groceries and stuff like that, this is the sort of thing that is naturally evolving because it's the way people want to live. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. It's the way people want to live. It's the way um, we're going to have to uh, rethink um how those communities are going to need to change as the country and as the cities in our country continue to grow. So this is, you know, that that growth is coming. And as we plan for that growth, we can, you know, we can sprawl out into, you know, uh, for it, it, we can sprawl out into the countryside. And we know the consequences of that. We can build, you know, dense tower communities, pockets, and, and as we do that, we can decide whether or not we're going to ensure that those new communities that we're building comes with all of the things that make a community actually livable, right? And unfortunately, we see a lot of density without good community design already happening, right? Uh, and, and the idea here is as we build out, as we grow, let's make sure the basic amenities of daily life are... Uh, provided equally to all of our residents. It's, um, it's, it's more inclusive. It'll create more vibrant communities. Uh, it's much more sustainable. Uh, no one's saying you can't own a car and you can't go wherever you want to go. It's just about providing people with options so we're not forced to jump into our car for every single trip that we need to make uh, you know, on a daily basis. And yeah. You know, this is this is good common sense. And the research shows that it leads to, you know, better satisfaction, better health outcomes, uh, knowing your neighbors more. You know, it's just like you said, it's nothing that Jane Jacobs wasn't talking about in the 1960s. So um, it's it's a rebranding. It's a a rebranding that has some momentum. And, you know, I'm on board. I think that this is a really good direction for our cities to move in. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you this morning. Thank you.